was Sweet 1974 and Ballroom Blitz. And I'm joking, I'm joking. GM, everybody! Big Monday afternoon energy. GM, GM friends. Sorry about that. I always fancied myself as a radio DJ. And uh, that's a tune to make you feel a little bit better on a Monday, a Monday morning, a Monday afternoon, after the kind of weekend we've all just had. GM friends, oh welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to episode 23 of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben. The NFT 101, your host, following 22 incredible episodes, if I do say so myself, all now available as a collection of podcasts via Spotify and Apple Music. Head over now, follow, download and listen back at your leisure. We have started a comprehensive breakdown of Web3 progression, as told by the builders, the artists, the founders, with real intent. We delve deep into some of the most exciting projects in the space and bring you a show that moves away from chat of gossip and, and market kind of tittle-tattle. We focus on the importance of storytelling in Web3 and the power of narrative to make projects unmissable. Today on my panel, I have Tom Young's NFT Zerk, Spaceman, Clemente. Hello, fellas. How you doing? Oh, mate, big energy today. What, you threw us there a little bit? You was showing your age a little bit. What was that, 1960s? So it's actually yeah, 10 mate, years older than me, I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> I think that one played at my granddad's funeral. Oh, nice one. Well, I thought it was a good high energy, high, you know. <laughs> We've also got Bex, who you will can... be coming up. But she's filming at the moment, so she said she's going to join us as soon as she's finished. Welcome, fellas. How was NFT London for you all? I know uh, the... Uh, Tom, Zerk, and Spaceman, you went? We yeah, actually yeah, did, we... we didn't go. We didn't go, though. We just went to the party. No, no. As we, as we always planned to. We didn't go to the actual <laughs> event. Well, I went to the event. Yeah, we'll we get to that later on. You had home. a good time, though, yeah? I had the best week, yeah. Yeah, we're all covered in COVID. Week, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I got the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, serves you right for having fun. I think one of the... Uh... <laughs> In, in the goodie bag from our party, you uh, actually caught COVID. So, you know, you're lucky you didn't come. Oh. You're lucky, <laughs> well, I'm pleased I didn't. Um, I'm not really. I was actually gutted I didn't get to meet you guys properly. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Last week, we met with Mina and Derp from Wonder Pals, who gave us a flavor of what they've got coming in pursuit of becoming Hello Kitty from the Web3 space. I think that is an amazing ambition and they're doing great things. Um, and then after, as I say, we went, to, we had NFT London, a great opportunity to connect with people in the space. And I am very excited to be back today. I cannot think of a guest or a project I'm more excited to interview. Everybody, please throw up some reactions for Betty from Deadfellas. Hey, Betty. Hey, hey, thank you so much. I want everyone to change their hearts to green, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> Maestro, yours is purple, but that's kind of on brand with you, PFP, but let's let's get it green. Thank you for joining us. How are you, Betty? You good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you said that you fancied yourself a radio host. You really do have a, a radio host voice. Thank you very much. That's very good of you. I've always a... Uh, 
a voice for radio. That's very kind of you to say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick admin, Betty, just because I know this one, this this particular show is new to you. Uh, our format is pretty open. You've obviously, um, we're going to go over a few questions. I've got a panel of speakers and Bex is up with us now. Hey, Bex. Hello, hello. And I'm so excited to be able to speak once again with, with Betty. Amazing. It's been like nine months since I last spoke to her. Oh, um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I, love, I love your voice as well. It's so funny. I was like, Bex, Bex, Bex. And then as soon as you start talking, I'm like, <laughs> yeah so great to have you on here welcome it's um a fantastic space to be on and we're gonna i know we're gonna get so many amazing knowledge bombs from you today so really great to have you here again thank you so yeah very much we have our 45 minutes or so of chat and then we look to bring up people from the audience etc ask some questions do that kind of thing before we get going people if i could ask you all for a moment please share this space with your followers and head down to the comment button in the bottom right hand corner please share it far and wide it helps us bring more people in share this wonderful space and uh, and yes spread the good gospel of uh, web3 progression um okay let's get to it betty questions best place to start always could you, for the people that don't know, I shan't, couldn't, <laughs> I can't imagine there are many, but um, could you please introduce yourself, maybe a bit about your background, and then kind of bring us up to speed on Deadfellas? Yeah, um, so I am Betty. I am the founder of Deadfellas. Um, my co-founder is Syke, um, who is also my husband. Deadfellas launched um, Friday the 13th of August 2021 uh, last year. And it has been a crazy, crazy ride ever since. Um, yeah, it's been it's been wild. Um, Dead Fellas has grown to become something that I knew it would be. Um, I have a very firm idea of where we're going, and uh, I'm excited to take you all there. Amazing, and uh, and that I mean that segues really well and really quickly into like our second question, which is storytelling right you you have this firm idea of where you're going uh, for us this show storytelling narrative it's it's really really important to us it our conviction is that projects and and individuals people businesses that can tell a great story are though one are the ones most likely to kind of emerge from this space and and possibly like transcend it what does storytelling mean to you what does it mean to dead fellas like what does it mean to the project I mean, storytelling is kind of a cliche term that people use now. And, you know, we've all seen those like storytelling NFT tweets and it's like, okay, what does that mean? Um, but actually, I think it means a lot. I think that um, a lot of people create projects built around the idea that you could easily tell a story about any of the characters within those collections or, you know, you could look at a piece of art and, um, figure out, you know, imagine a story from that art. It incites feelings, and um, storytelling is really just a part of our DNA as as human beings, right? It's part of the way that we communicate um, our culture, our history, our feelings, everything. Um, it's how we relate to one another. Um, it's how we connect to each other emotionally. So there's so many reasons why that would be a focus. But I think when you're creating something. Uh, that is truly authentic and brought from within to express something that inherently is storytelling. 
Um, with Deadfellas, I personally can look at any of the Deadfellas in the collection that we have and imagine a story behind them. It was one of the first things we used to do. We'd be like, what's your Deadfellas backstory? And people would just come out with these like really long, amazing backstories that made complete sense that they had just imagined. And maybe someone else that looks at it might think of a, a different story, but um, the point is that it, it expresses something either within that person, whether it's creativity or, you know, personal feelings. I think it's it's just so important. And I think when we're talking about brand building and moving into the next iteration of, you know, how we relate to consumers as community and how we we have that value exchanged together, um, it's it's the way that we communicate what our brand is all about. Like people are too savvy to be sold to in traditional ways. Like that's, it's really not the the point of it um, anymore. And I think that Web two companies have started to understand that. Perhaps not with Web with a Web three ethos, but you do see that that is, you know, there's always a narrative and there's always a feeling that needs to be. Um, incited with things that they release and, and that sort of thing so yeah that's like a really long-winded way of saying that it's a focus <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of thing we really want like I um I do see what you mean like that whole cliche storytelling nfts but it just you know it's the ability like a brand story is what gets you there like products are products and they there are many products that, I mean, you know, you, you do have standout products. I appreciate that. But there are many things that are comparable. And the thing that separates them or that makes one person buy one over another is a story. And so um, that's kind of what we're, we're really trying to push in the space here as a group is tell us your story. Tell us about, like, your origin, where it came from, where it's going. And, and, and before we get to where it's going, like, I'm really interested to know, um, and maybe lots of other people already do know. So I apologize for anyone who's heard this before. But Betty, like, what what inspired it? Where did Deadfellas come from as a as a concept? Um, well, Deadfellas, it's it's really an amalgamation of everything that I love and everything that Psych loves, and um, and and feelings really that you have around nostalgia and around um, music and art and film and fashion and just I guess personal opinions on society like there there are so many facets to this um the commentary of dead fellas itself even in just its existence is um one of a more equitable future diversity and inclusion the story of dead fellas comments on um you know a, a post-environmental post-social apocalypse type world um where we are all in this situation together there's I mean I'm not going to go too much into the story because we've got different ways of doing that in the in the immediate future but um just just in itself Deadfellas offers um an alternative to what many people have come to know as uh what is a PFP project or what what are NFTs you know there's there's the the ones that looking from the outside into this space you would automatically um conflate with that's an NFT, you know, from, from a layman's perspective. But we wanted to offer an alternative to that um, that really acknowledged the spectrum of gender that is existence. I wanted to provide people a place where anyone could come to our collection or our community, find themselves within that, um, connect with people that, you know, were like them, 
no matter where they come from, no matter who they are, how they present, how they, you know, experience the world. So I just didn't feel like there was a space for me in in any of the PFP projects uh, prior to launching Dead Fellas. And so I was just on a mission to create that, knowing that other people would also want that. Um, the the feeling of Dead Fellas and the, the aesthetic and everything that you see is, it was all heart, like everything, every trait, that you see comes from something, you know, a favorite movie or a line in a song or something that Syke and I really worked very, very hard on. Um, and I think that that's really what you get when you, when you look at dead fellas, you get this emotional response. Like many people, it brings up feelings of like when they were a teenager or like the feeling that they get when, you know, you you find a new album, uh, you listen to a new song for the first time, your friend shares it and you're like, all those feelings, like that's what I wanted um, people to have when they when they engage with Dead Fellas, and I think we did really well, and I'm really proud of it. And we'll just keep we'll keep going with that. Amazing, thank you for sharing that. And um, so moving moving through and forward, and I don't want to I don't want to have just like skipped over the last year and three months, but um, but moving forward, like I see that there's this uh, Dead Fellas Infected season two coming through. And I don't know how much you can and can't talking about that, but, but well, sorry, I'll put my teeth back in. I don't know how much you can and cannot talk about that, but I'd be really interested to know um, a little bit behind kind of like, OK, what does the next six to 12 months look like before we look much more long term for for Dead Fellas? Um, the next six to 12 months, we have um, a lot of big stuff coming. We have um, a particular announcement that I'm really proud of um, that's been in the works for a few months already um, that we we can't really talk about right now. But, um, you know, that will be coming soon. And it is just an announcement, but it's, it's something that I'm really proud of um, and and we'll continue to have those things. Like I've spoken about operating on a three a three prong approach as a as a company. Um, so we'll always continue to have that community activation, um, you know, real life events and contests and engagements, and just really throwing ourselves into continuing to be part of the community and and connecting with each other that way. Then we'll have all of these like kind of mid-tier activations, whether it's brand collaborations, which, you know, we've always got going on, um, ways to ways to extend into Web2, ways to bring Web2 back into what we're doing, um, and then the big things um, that, you know, take a, a really, <laughs> a really long time to develop. I think that that's really our way of um, maintaining attention and maintaining, I guess, satiating people because we have – in the NFT space, as you know, like we've got to develop to a ridiculous breakneck speed, um, which is not realistic when you're talking about developing, uh, you know, really well thought out um, and well executed um, things from, you know, games onwards. It's it's not realistic to push those out in a matter of months and it would be detrimental to the brand if we did that. So, yeah, just constantly constantly innovating pushing things out the next six months though to 12 months is really going to be a time when dead fellas holders are going to be able to explore what it means to create content around their ip because that's all of the tools that we've got um either out already or in development will be available to to them all now um at that point and 
and that's going to be really fun to see. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I I, I think um, being able to create storylines, backstories, and use particular tools to kind of develop your IP is something that it's really an exciting prospect. And I think there are many brands and many collections that have have suggested that might be something they do but don't necessarily facilitate it particularly well and um so I'm, I'm really interested in kind of like what work you put into that like obviously you're opening creativity to others but what what are your expectations there like what are you hoping to see in that in that vein well I think that we all talk about digital identity and the way that we're building our identities around these profile pictures and you know, what does that mean? I don't think it means very much if you're not able to present yourself um, using that identity in various platforms or in various spaces. You know, it's one thing to use it as a profile picture on Twitter. It's another thing to take your Zoom meetings or, you know, stream on Twitch or create content on TikTok or, you know, whatever you decide to do. Um, that's an entire, that's an entirely different thing. I think that assuming it's, it's kind of, a lot of people and a lot of projects will say, oh, that's that's what you can do. You can do this. You have the ability to do this. Realistically, not many people do. Like there's a, there's a gap in access to the technology that's needed. There's a gap in knowledge. And I, if someone said to me, you know, Betty, you can, you can use this IP to, to stream. I'd be like, well, cool, but I can't, I don't know how to, <laughs> to make that, to make a streaming model. Like, <laughs> okay, cool, I guess but I'll never do that. Um, so we're providing tools to the people that hold dead fellas to allow them to do that and to allow them to really explore that and, and create their own content and, and own their identity at the end of the day because that's what so many Web2 platforms and and whatnot um, kind of have taken away. So, yeah, that's the focus. It takes a lot to do it. Like that's yeah. I can understand why projects don't do it because it's like, you know, we've been working on it for, for months in all different areas. We've got um, different teams working on different things. It costs a lot of money. Um, it takes a lot of time. But for me, it's content is king, right? And empowering our holders to to really utilize what, what we've given them in the IP is, is a priority for us. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Amazing. And, and like we saw your recent Dead Zone event, which looked incredible and we've seen um announcements for collaborations with like um ledger and with wrangler which is massive by the way like i don't say that <laughs> flippantly like wrangler that's like a world known big big brand like can you give us some idea of the work you're putting into activations like that like what do they take what's the intention from a brand perspective how do you open the doors to those kind of conversations like how does that come to pass that's it's I mean yeah so there's when I'm talking about the the different approaches of development like that that is so important people will say you know what's the what's the reason behind having events like why why focus on that why spend money on that um events and the 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 activation in real life of what you know the turning the digital into the tangible and having that as an immersive experience for people to feel the community and feel what's going on and feel you know the world that we've created in real life 
is very special. It's it's not just for holders. It's not just for people that are in the community to come together and have a good time, which is honestly amazing, really amazing. Um, it's showcasing us as a brand. It showcases what we're all about. It's really inviting people into our world in a new setting. You know, brands might not come to this Twitter space. They might not come listen to me chat on Discord. They might not come and listen to podcasts or whatever I'm doing. They, it's it's another way for people. It's like a touch point for us um, that really shows off the what's happening here, the culture that we've created and, and everything. And that's where, honestly, like most of the most amazing opportunities that we've had and the most incredible conversations have come from following these events. Um, because it's it's hard for Web2 companies to understand what's going on in settings that they're not typically um, used to being in. And so when they're in a setting that they understand and they can see it happening and they can feel it themselves, that's a whole different thing. So like the Wrangler collab came following the NFT NYC event um, because people from Wrangler were at the event. Um, the Halloween event, Again, people were at that event. I didn't realize they were there. They were there. I have received many crazy emails since. It's it's all, I mean, there's there's so many reasons why it's important for us to focus on that. It's not a waste of money or a waste of resources. It is, it is marketing um, at the end of the day as well. So, and it's all strategic. Amazing. Thank you. And uh, Clemente, I see you've got your hand up, buddy. Yeah, on that quick note, and, and by the way, buddy, I had, horrible FOMO. I'm over here in, in Seattle, so but I wasn't able to make it to, uh, to LA. Um, but I, I looked like an absolute blast. But one of the things that I am curious about is from from a financing point of view, in, in terms of the event, obviously, I can't imagine it's a cheap event to host and to throw. Um, how did you approach financing that, whether it's through sponsors or how much of that maybe was from uh, the Dead Fellows wallet? And going forward, possibly now rounding into the royalty debate are are you possibly possibly pivoting now that you know we might see royalties get closer to that zero percent mark uh, i'm just curious how how you can tie into that those live events yeah that's a good question um so live events we typically work with sponsors and partners um to fund those events it's not it's not good good business to throw multi-million dollars at parties and events constantly. Um, but it is in the interest of brands and of companies that sponsor the event to be part of that too, because it benefits them and it benefits us. There's that, you know, that value exchange that we speak about extends to that situation. So when we're aligning ourselves with um, companies that come in and, and help activate at these events, it, it really signifies a relationship, right? Like, so for example, DraftKings was one of the sponsors for NFT NYC. We hadn't done anything with DraftKings prior to that publicly. It marked the start of our relationship. It exposed our community to DraftKings. DraftKings were um, in turn exposed to the Deadfellas community. Um, and then we were already working together behind the scenes on the Rainmakers um, collab uh, with DraftKings marketplace um and so it's always something like that like it's like ledger being at the 
Halloween party, right? Like we're working with Ledger. It's of benefit to our community for Ledger to be in that space, vice versa. Um, and and so that's how we work on that. It's it's always well thought out, well planned, and it's 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 really an essential part of brand building for us as a company because Deadfellas is um, we. I mean, we are a cultural brand. It's it's we work off of human connection and and the feelings that you get when you're involved in that. It's it's way deeper than just like this is an NFT. I think that you can feel that as well when you're at certain events and comparing that with the feeling that you get when you're at Deadfellas events. I know personally, you know, I've been to many NFT events and it's like, it doesn't really serve a purpose and people almost don't know how to act. Like you get a bunch of people in a room, all they've done is kind of, you know, they're together because they all hold this same NFT, but they, they're not connected on a different level. And then you put a DJ in there and it's like, what? (laughs) you know, it kind of, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it doesn't go anywhere. No one knows how to relate to each other. Um, Cause it's not really an expression of culture or community. It's just kind of like, this is what we're doing. It, it doesn't serve a purpose. So everything that we do serves a purpose. Um, our activations in real life are essential um, to us in terms of brand identity and building that globally. So, yeah. And uh, we can move back over in a moment. Great question, by the way, Clemente. We can move back o- um, back over to that that discussion around royalties. And I know, like, you know, there's, well, we've all got a headache, really, probably from talking about it. But this is just so important at the moment for for us to kind of be really clear about this. I, I said at the top of the show I was really looking forward to this interview, Betty. And I think that's probably because I've always had, like, admiration for people that challenge convention or nonsense um and uh and like i'd really like to cover some of your tweets from this weekend and and understand your viewpoint in each instance if that's okay with you so i'll um i'll take you through three yeah, totally. three three, totally. in, three in particular so first one was like um there were some what were in my opinion pretty poorly chosen images that were taken from nft london because they didn't at all represent the event that i went to last week um but nonetheless they um they kind of gave a really really dour impression of what that um what that event looked like uh, and you were pretty clear that like you'd like to see um an event overhaul and the engagement of leaders in the space to kind of try and drive what we can do to improve the output of those events and conferences in the space like i'm really curious in a nutshell what is it that you would like to see because we're we're all talking about miami paris new york london all of these events all of the time like what do you think is um is going to be important in terms of being able to get the most out of those events really holistically yeah, so when I when I think about these events, um, I especially the large conferences, you know, with upwards of a thousand speakers, um, I really look at what is the value that people are deriving from actually attending those talks. Um, because to me, a conversation that is, you know, ten to twenty minutes with multiple speakers, um, no points are going to be made. You're going to get through introductions maybe a surface level statement, if that, 
um, you can't dive into anything deeper. You can't get to any sort of deeper conversation and, and there's no learning opportunities there, in my opinion. Um, and so I think that when you've got that mixed with a massive amount of speakers that are not curated, in my opinion, uh, well at all, combined with the fact that tickets are so incredibly expensive um, to attend those, those, you know, 15, 20 minute, if that talks, I just don't, I just think it's, um, it just doesn't bring enough value for the amount of money that's being made off the back of people that really just want to learn. And I'm not sure that there are enough people that even want to, I think that when we talk about um, turning up for these conferences and, you know, the only reason most people gather in those cities at that point is because people and brands like Deadfellas and, and, you know, other NFT brands and, and other organizations will activate satellite events around it because we want, we want to engage the communities. People go for those. I don't personally know anyone that goes to the conferences and, and comes back and says, Oh, that was an amazing talk. You know, that was, a, that was incredible. It doesn't happen. It's almost like, a flexing exercise for speakers to put on their LinkedIn profile. Um, and I, I just don't, I just think it's, there's so many issues with it. <laughs> there's so many issues with it, even from the fact that, you know, they're getting closer and closer together. So we've had what, three in New York in 16 months. What kind of value comes from that? I think it's just ridiculous cash grab. Don't like it. I've been very vocal on this and I'll continue to be vocal on this. I told my community um, in New York earlier in the year, like, don't bother coming and paying a ticket for the conference. Like, I'm going to be speaking for like five minutes of the 15 to 20 minute talk that we have. It really is not worth paying that. I will say that to you in Twitter spaces or Discord for free. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's to- like, yeah. I think um, I... Uh, I, I love your take on it and like how fiercely passionate you are about it. And that's great. I think ha- having been at NFT London and, and been at the event, what I will say, though, is that I didn't pay for a ticket. And so I can't really speak as uh, somebody who parted with what, like $700, um, which kind of then makes it um uh, a little less kind of you know my, my makes my point a little less valid but what i would say is that like beyond those uh talks actually the the kind of the the rooms where lots of individuals or lots of brands lots of projects were congregating around a specific subject matter and people were there and they were bumping into one another chatting etc it felt like an awful lot got done and i had a lot of conversations with people that were like I've now met with three or four or five people who I'm definitely going to go back and speak to afterwards and um, and do some business with. And so I I left NFT London feeling really buoyant and I was really surprised at just how critical um, uh, other people were of the project. Uh, sorry, of the, the event. Um, but uh, I, I do I do hear your point specifically around the length of time like there was an amazing metaverse conversation that was going on between four people who were really really kind of like it was valid for them and they they were kind of ushered off the stage arguing which sucked because they were having such a good debate and they just they had to stop they had to stop in their tracks and I it would have been amazing for them to have had a really really good long lengthy debate about that like it could have gone on for an hour or so easily that's um, it so I, I think that 
so I'll let I'll let Mex speak in a second because Mex had her hand up. But I think that yeah. when we when we're talking about and how how you've described your experience, um, what you are really saying is that the people that you meet and the connections that you derive from being in those spaces are what makes it valuable, right? Yes. So why are we paying so much money to be in those spaces, and why are the opportunities to connect? Um, why do they have to be around a structure that is literally just to make money for an organization that does not in turn benefit us? In my opinion, I, I just don't see the value exchange there. I just see it as a funnel to make money. I don't see the, the focus on bringing value to people because if it was, the talks would be an hour long and the speakers would be maybe three and they'd be very well curated and it would be a more accessible event. I know that you say you got a ticket for free. Well, yeah. how, did so, you, how did you get a ticket for free? I know that the organizers have said to me, like, well, we've given a lot of tickets out for free. I understand that. But, like, does anyone else understand that? Do the, do the people, like, is there a sliding scale? Marginalized people are the people that are disproportionately cut out from these events because of access. I think, and so yeah, where's the re- focus on that, you know? All really valid points, like one hundred percent. Mech, hey, first time up speaking here. How are you? Um, I'm great. I I have some insight, seeing as though I'm in New York, and attended both NFT NYC one and two. I opted not to do London. Um, I'm curious. I want to ask a few questions before I say what I need to say. Um, Mech, how many, can you I, know how many? Can I, can I preface actually, just so that everyone knows context wise? I got Ben his ticket, but Ben, I think he had more of a VIP kind of experience, experience. not an entrance level right. experience. Right. So part, just so part, you know, because I agree with that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Part of the it's a very nuanced conversation, right? So part of the issue is you you said maybe seven hundred dollars a ticket. I saw thirteen hundred. Like that's early bird prices, right? I saw thirteen hundred uh, a few days leading up. Um, I, I'm curious to know how many people attended. That's one factor. But beyond that, like. I feel like there's so many things that we could discuss and I'm going to skip over a lot of it. What I'm mostly interested to talk about though, is this idea that what happens is that people congregate. The value is in the connections, the conversations that you make in connecting with people. So much of what I enjoy about that specific conference doesn't happen at the conference. The first year I didn't go to the site at all. I think there were three different sites. I never once was in any of the buildings that any of the talks were happening. I had an amazing time. I spoke on three satellite um, uh, panels. I went to, um, you know, more events than I can count. And it had nothing to do with me paying a ticket to go to do anything, right? Now, granted, I'm, you know, maybe a little more tapped into what's going on. So I had good access. I was on, you know, the list to get into some things that were hard to get into. Neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is when people were asking if they should come, I was telling them, just come. Don't don't like think you have to have a ticket to go to the thing because there are so many things happening around it. Year two, which you know just happened a few months ago, um, I did two satellite panels. I hosted a brunch, went to a bunch of things, and I opted out of my official panel because of the the level of of discomfort I felt around doing it. I was offered twenty minutes to speak about a topic that I care deeply about with four other people who also care deeply about it at nine in the morning in Times Square. I decided that it was a disservice to the work that we do for us to be fighting for time to speak about this to a room full of people who barely were awake to, to talk about impact in the NFT space. I feel like when we talk about these things, 
even organizing that conversation, it was a, a, a Twitter group of people all who knew each other, who had spoken about this topic that were broken apart. There were people added to this panel. So basically the organizer and myself were the only people out of eight people that he suggested that got to be on that panel. They changed the topic of the panel. Like it was, it was so many things that made me feel like it was less about me contributing. Mind you, no one was paid for this, right? So I'm being asked to bring my expertise to the table. I'm being given very little time to speak about a very important topic. And at the same time, alongside 600 other speakers, they overbook the number of people to, to basically cast a wide net and reel people in. And the reality of it is, the best things happen outside of those spaces. The best conversations that I've had, the best interactions that I've had, none of that happened in any of their spaces. And what I'm saying to you is like, I didn't opt to do London mostly because it would have been an expense that would have put me in a situation where I'm sure I would have had a great time, but I also would have felt like I was put out. I think when, when we talk about these things, they need to be more curated. They need to be more focused on individual conversations and, and the impact that those have on the space and not just corralling a shit ton of people who are not really all that active in the space that want to sell wares, goods, projects, and bullshit to whoever's willing to pay. And Man, that's, that's, what that's great. I mean, that's really insightful and I, I really appreciate you coming up. It's, um, uh, the, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, as I say, my, my experience of it was probably not in, really valid in terms of somebody that might have just wanted to go along and um and learn what they could you know i went there with purpose and with with rug radio and um and was able to um to kind of slip around that but i i totally understand where you're coming from and i think um the idea of curation is is really really one that needs uh ironing out with the uh the company that's either the company that's pulling it together or with um some other people coming forward with with better options bex hey hello hello yeah i'm just kind of building on this conversation because i've done the opposite to you ben i went to nft nyc and obviously for personal reasons uh did not manage to make it to nft london uh not bad personal reasons everyone i'm just about to have a baby so probably best <laughs> um, um but to Betty's point, I went to the Dead Fellas event, loved it in New York. And yes, I was bopping at 16 weeks pregnant um, to all of the tunes in the warehouse, Betty. So I was loving it. Um, but I, it was a huge expense for me. Um, I got my ticket free as a speaker and I worked really hard to curate a great panel. NFT NYC forgot to get Lisa from Boss Beauties and include her on my panel, even though we had agreed and submitted everything together. So then she wasn't given the details for my panel. So there was essentially an organisational mess up. Um, my panels also ended up being at a place called the Edison Ballroom, which was two blocks away from the main place. So not only did people not come to my panel that I flew across the Atlantic for, um, but it was positioned completely incorrectly as well. And so I'd spent a lot of money and I brought two members of my team across with me, one to kind of do commercial outreach and one to be there as a bit of a support. And I was like, I lost the faith a little bit in the event itself, but the satellite events, like the Dead Fellas events, I managed to get to Ape Fest. I went to the World of Women event. If I hadn't have gone to those as a as a wallet holder, uh, as an NFT holder, I wouldn't have got any value out of that and it would have felt really hard done by. But I don't think that that is enough to entice people to go over there. And especially when I went there to also learn from everyone else on the panel. Now, uh, sorry, everyone else that's speaking, 
to only be fa- to only find myself in conversations which essentially were shill stations for people who were dressing up interesting conversations like how to migrate the next uh, 100,000 people into the world of Web3 to find that it's actually someone that's shilling their app um, is not really something that I want to be sitting through at a conference that I, has cost at least one of my team members 500 plus bucks to be there. So I think there's a real problem and this is a wider problem at the moment where it's great that we've got loads of events. I totally agree with Betty here as well, where we need more curation in speakers and people in the space that are driving it forward. Because there was a joke I saw on LinkedIn of someone that had written pretty much everyone in Web3 is a panelist and a speaker right now. And I think that is quite representative of the space. And I think knowing who to trust and who not to trust and who's a good piece of author- uh, person of authority in this space is going to be something that we all need to work on. But I just wanted to kind of throw my two pennies worth in for that as well, because it's made my mind up to actually not go to NFT NYC next year. As I mean, a it's, in, it's in April and it's less than a year since the last one. And the yeah. other one is less than a year since the one before that. And it's just going to keep going. <laughs> and they're we... going to have a thousand speakers, which yeah, I think it's... is bonkers. <laughs> so here's, here's the other thing is, um, so they reached out uh, to someone who on my team, basically um, wondering why I had tweeted a certain thing recently. And um it's they understand why I'm tweeting these things and they because I've openly said this for a long time so it's like you and there are lots of other people saying these things it's not just me that holds this view you know you're saying the exact same thing that I think Mech is saying the same thing I'm sure Ed will say the same thing all of these people we know we all have the same opinion whereas why the hell would someone go and pay over a thousand pounds to listen to a 10 minute a 10 minute I don't know even what to call it because it's it's couldn't be called a discussion when you can get that literally for free in your bed on Twitter spaces every day (laughs) you know you don't need to travel it's literally on Twitter spaces so how do we bring the value the value that everyone talks about is in the satellite events so why aren't we as founders and creators um, having people congregate around that and bringing actual value instead. There's lots and lots of people working on this in in the background. I know lots of people have reached out, so I am hopeful. Um, but I mean, the NFT Insert City brand, it won't go away, but I don't really want it to go away. I think it's a cool thing. I just think it needs a complete overhaul. I think it just needs to reinvent itself as something that brings value and, and is worth going to. Hey, Ed. <laughs> Do you think, and oh, yeah, sorry, no, Ed, you go for it first, buddy. Oh, you sure? I yeah, man, wanna... carry on. I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. I've, he I've, said I've... buddy. He said buddy. That's a good thing. Go for it. Two things I definitely want to point out. Um, I don't think we give enough flowers to Betty, who legit puts herself like on the line sometimes of like trying to uplift and support um, ideas and opinions that tend to get dismissed from the marginalized or people that don't have voices. And uh, she does that a lot. And I've been seeing it way more. And I just want to say, thank you, Betty. Um, no, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really fucking annoying and you just deserve it all. Um, two, um, 
I never got contacted by pianos, and maybe they always knew not to contact me because it would have been a hell to the no very quick. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because it's it's legit, honestly, it, and it's so sad. It's really a waste of time. Um, the, it's 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 crazy because it's like in a way it's like the fake news area of like the NFT space. Some of them not are, are not even giving out like actual intellectual information. Is just like a whole bunch of shit. Like and we're like, wait, no, that's absolutely wrong. And so what? Like, there's people who are like new. I've had people that were like new to the space. They're like, hey, I'm gonna go to the NFT NYC. They bought their ticket. And I was like, wait, why would you do that? Like, the, but I'm like, of course they don't know. And I'm like, how the hell are they getting to these people? Without like, and I'm not, you know, we have Twitter spaces and I'm trying to onboard and they're like, what, already to, able to onboard these people and, and get them to these conferences where they're not learning anything. And I don't know, it's this huge divide. And I, I know I'm like pretty much like, you know, reiterating what everyone has said, but I definitely think that money that's going to these conferences really should be going to these satellites and people should find ways to sponsor these events. Um, like, you know, I went to NFTC and I was incredible. Um, and it, of course, the Deadfellas event at NYC legit was hands down one of the best like events as, as well. And it was a, a, an incredible experience. And I'm like, man, this is exactly what we need. If we're out here trying to be, you know, doing innovation and tech and all these things, why not try to bring that IRL? Like, this is what the goal we're trying to do. Um, and I mean, Deadfellas is legit always on that. I mean, Betty's legit someone who's like, you know, you can just tell she and like sides all about, you know what, well, I need to <laughs> I need to bring this to life. And her, I love it because man, it's like the Missy Elliott with her videos. Like she's like all over the place with it, but it's like, yo, that's so dope. I haven't seen it. And that's kind of how Betty is too. Like it's just like Did you, you just compare me to Missy Elliott? Oh my <laughs> God. I literally missy elliott is one of my absolute heroes creators like, and like as a woman and as a creator and like that's it's ed goddamn well because you have to see like how people like think and i'm like oh i'm always like seeing like okay betty's definitely always trying to do something different and something like no one has thought about and and it's like and you, you really care about that it's just and you can you can see like oh, i'm gonna do something and people are like, what's she going to do? And she, and she does it. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And so I love that because Missy Ellis is exactly You don't know what she's going to do, but she knows she's going to do something. And it's going to be crazy. And um, I think that's the goal, though. Like, to be able to have that those opportunities and to have people want to support that because that's kind of what we want to do. We want to make experiences IOL. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for letting me talk. I just want to, you know, this conversation is incredible. And I love y'all. Ed, thanks for coming up. Really appreciate it. Spaceman, I see you've got your hand up there waiting patiently. And then I'm going to try and bring it back and uh, and remember that I have some questions for Betty. (laughs) No, no, not at all, man. It's a great conversation. I love it. No, I'm going to I'm going to help you with it, because I think uh, we're in danger there of uh, completely like bashing the um, the conference structure into uh, into the ground. And, you know, I'm I'm not uh, not defending the NFT insert uh, insert city at all, but it is an opportunity to like bring people together. And um, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to Eight Fest. I've been lucky enough to go to the uh, Psych House with PA last uh, earlier in the year with uh, in London. Um, our friends at Hape throwing an amazing party, the Unorthodox party, tons of other um, activities, uh, opportunities to meet like 
so many people have beautiful lunches and uh you know drinks out and just sitting and chilling with friends so i think you know the smart move here is to use these uh opportunities where people are gathering to like hook up with your mates and meet new people and you know build stuff and um you know i think that's just my point to try and sort of balance balance the conversation a little bit mm-hmm. i love that so much but i would say that i would prefer people to gather around something that's bringing value i feel like the value of the conferences right now is being derived from those amazing connections and opportunities that people get because i i understand i love it too like i i had i did not know do you know what? In fact, I'm going to go, I'm going to give a good example of what I think of people that I think are doing it right. So Gary V, yeah. right? Gary V with VCon. I didn't know what to expect. I went into it thinking, what the hell is this going to be? I had low expectations. If I'm going to be completely honest, I did not know what was going on. I got there and it was amazing. I loved it. I had the best time. It was so different to other conference structures in that it did actually bring value the the talks were curated they did bring um insightful discussion everyone was together multiple projects were activating within the same space it just it felt really really good to be there um another another one is um which i haven't been to yet but i'm part of and quite happily you know part of is NFT Paris, where NFT Paris, the talks are much longer. The the talk at the the speaker list is so much smaller. They're paying their speakers for their time, which is another thing. Speakers, as as Bex was saying, like people are investing a lot of money to be here, and this is we're in a bear market. Like, you know, it's it's a big outlay for a lot of people that are not part of these top projects with volumes that are turning over. Like a lot of people see this as an opportunity that they can't miss if it's because it's positioned like that, right? So if you're investing a lot of money, where's the return of investment from these NFT insert city? It really isn't there, especially for people like Bex that have put out so much money to be there. You know, who'd, you'd get a larger audience on Twitter spaces. Um, But so I, I, I think that while it's a positive experience in so many ways, and I get it, um, I do think that that a lot of the time does come from the attendees themselves and the connections that they provide each other. And I think that the actual structure of the conferences needs to be overhauled um, yeah, to rethink yeah. what value they bring. Anyway, we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> I know Ben has. Ben has. <laughs> we could have a whole hour on this. Uh, wait, no, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we should. Right? We should just maybe, do that. Yeah, maybe we should. Like, I, I, it, it is really. It's such an important point, and and the little kind of like devil's advocate thing I was going to say and let Ed go is um, like, do you think potentially that some satellite events draw quality away from the main event? And and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, because if the the way that these events are pulling it together is 20 minutes, four people on stage, you get kind of like to say hello, make a point and leave again, then, you know, then I, I think we all know the answer. But sometimes... I don't know, like, it feels like there isn't a great deal of um, a thought going into how everyone gets brought together for these things. And and, and so the idea that it's mm-hmm. about... Add something, Ben? I would yeah, say go for that it, Betty is the most perfect example of someone who operates with intention. If you ever go to any event she ever puts on of any size, 
you will see what the fuck intention looks like. And everyone else can look at that as the standard rather than I think too much we look at the standard of maybe what's most popular rather than what's most valuable to the community. I appreciate you so much, Betty. Oh, thank you. Nice one, Patrick. Tom, Tom, you'll go. Yeah, mate. Well, actually, I was just in response to your kind of uh, your little thesis there around potentially events pulling, uh, pulling kind of quality away from the event. Um, I, I would probably say you're wrong because you uh, you didn't come to our event. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Love it. Appreciate that. <laughs> I think my response to that also is that it is a symptom of the conferences themselves not activating founders or engaging with projects in a more meaningful way if we were asked to be part of it and to if you know if satellite events were inherently part of the actual thing itself and those the access points were woven into the you know I mean it goes into a decentralized space in that in that way where we share ownership of the conference and it's like a a whole thing that that (laughs) that's a whole different discussion but um, yeah, but that would be amazing, I think. And that's the there's point. There's some in Australia that are doing it well, though. Again, like I'm speaking um, at some Australian ones uh, this month, later this month. They're paying me for my time. And everyone, like the money is going back from the conference into paying speakers. And I know that like at the end of the day, there are business models that you have to look at. But it's worth, we're in Web3. Like, come on. We're, we're trying to disrupt things. We're not, it's nothing. You don't have to be go with the obvious solution right like otherwise what's the point yes i agree <laughs> i and i and it wasn't really a thesis as such i was just trying to be a little bit no i'm sorry i'm actually no we're going to publish this it's your thesis um we're going to put your name on it, <laughs> do it, do it, do it well that's do it. it i'm going to own it like i'm going to own it then <laughs> um listen this this has been amazing to chat about that kind of bit i'm going to i'm going to ask if we can draw a little line around it and uh, and maybe pick it up again another time because it does a lot of people have got very passionate about it and i think it's great uh, you know this is the idea behind fuck the show you, is... Ben. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. I, want <laughs> Wait, I, I will. I will say this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I right. wish I didn't have to talk about it. I feel like every conference that comes up, it becomes a conversation because somebody's trying to get me to press the teleport button that I don't own. It's like mm-hmm. I don't have a time machine. How, how? Oh my god, Mac. Yes, this is. It's people come. It's Betty, insane. Come and. <laughs> Come and speak at this event. Do you pay travel? No, we don't pay travel. Do you pay speaking fees? No, we don't pay speaking fees. Okay. So what's really being asked is I'm expected to invest time, which is money at the end of the day when I'm running a project and I'm running a brand. I'm taking time, not away, not just away from my team, my work, my community, the projects that I'm working on, but also physically traveling away from my family I'm leaving my children like this there's so and that's just not valuable that's not even acknowledged as something that is worth paying for and it's like it's just so if you know to me like right now unless it's for a cause that I really truly think like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do that like if it's not paid I'm not going that's it but but, but here's this add to that the fact that they're selling tickets and they want you to add value to the thing that they are selling tickets to and they can't find the money. It's like, what do you mean you don't have money? You're you're going to sell more tickets if I come. 
right? Like more people who want to see me speaking. That's why you're asking, right? You're asking because you want me to bring value. But you can't figure out how to take some of the money that is coming from the tickets that you're going to sell because I'm coming to pay for me to get there. I don't have a teleport machine. I don't. What I'm excited about this. What did Portal change their name to? That, that like hologram thing. Like that's going to be the new thing. It's just like, do y'all have a hologram set up? Because I have a hologram set up and I'll speak from my my living room to this group of people. But I'm not getting on a plane. I'm not inconveniencing myself for the 10 minutes. You, you know, it, it, even in New York, the satellite event I did, it, seven women were on the stage and we had 20 minutes. It was six. It was six, but someone decided they wanted to add themselves, and the moderator stood the entire time. So when when I talk about what I will and won't do, I'm fine with that in the context that it was in New York and I didn't have to travel to do it, and it was you know a minor inconvenience compared to me having to go across the globe. But realistically, like the way people ask without consideration for what they're asking is is I've never seen it before in my life. Thank you, Mech. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, when you figure out the teleportation button, like, hook me up because that sounds amazing. Um, thank you. Betty, I'm going to move on to another thing that you spoke about. And I wonder if it gets as many people excited and eager to share their view. Um, <laughs> because I'm going to talk about open sea royalty misinformation. Okay. Oh, Laura. Let's go. <laughs> Buckle up, guys. Um, look, I, I'm really like you met with them yesterday. Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm really curious. Like, mm. what? Let's forget about what might be. Let's forget uh, just for a moment. And I, again, I feel like when I say those things, I say them flippantly, and I really don't mean to. Between November the eighth and December the eighth, there's going to be a whole load of this. And so, what I'm actually asking you, the guest is what are your hopes for the space when it comes to royalties? Like long-term, what would you like to see uh, given to the masses in terms of like their options? Um, I think that when we look at the decentralized nature of the space and when we're looking at defending decentralization, we're looking at it from the wrong angle with, um, with royalties right now and they're skewing towards um, people that are buying NFTs. Um, the reason I am here, like the reason I am here, the reason I have done what I have done and why Dead Fellas is what Dead Fellas is, and the same that this can be applied to every single project that you know now that has delivered anything, um, it's because of royalties. It's because the value of creative work that I have put out has been returned in part where I have been able to circulate that back out as value again. It's this circular value exchange. I speak about this a lot. Um, if you break that, the ecosystem is broken and something will tip. I don't know what that is, but I know that the speed that we're expected to work in this space will be halted completely because projects, you know, we speak about a lot of flippers and people that are collectors will talk, will, will say, well, you know, you need to focus on building a brand and look at diversifying income streams. I have done that. I have done that aggressively for since we started. At, to the point where I haven't had a day off, I am, I'm working at the fullest speed that I can and I'm doing very, very well. And that's why the results that I am showcasing now 
are, are even around. You know, that's the people ask, how have you gotten these partnerships? Because I work fucking hard. That's why. But because yeah. I've been empowered by royalties to do so as well. Like everything that holders in Deadfellas receive, you know, whether it's their, the streaming avatars that they get or like any, anything, anything that we do, it's because of what we've been empowered to do by people valuing the creative work that we put out, us in turn returning that. It's it's like, I don't understand how people can't see that. And when we talk about removing royalties, we literally infer then that what has been put out loses value and that we must continue to mint things out, right? To That's what people will end up having to do if this happens. People with existing collections the value of those existing collections will decline and people will have to continue to create minting things in order to turn over a revenue. It will just be, that's how people create money because realistically, most people cannot build a brand in this time. I've managed to do it, but I still have a long way to go. A lot of people in the space have managed to do it, but they still have a long way to go. You know, doodles, apes, everyone, we're really, really young. We're really young. And we still have a lot to prove in terms of the global market. Um, we, we operate very much within a bubble right now where, um, you know, our experience is like absolute truth, but that's not, that's not realistic. You know, you can go outside right now and say, Hey, what's an NFT? And they'll be like, I don't know, like a, a monkey picture. I don't know. You know, it's people don't know. And so it's our, it's our job to do that. You can't create alternate revenue streams without having invested a large amount of money. Where is that coming from? If we remove royalties, it means we have to increase mint prices. Deadfellas was priced at 0 0.025, which was about $50 at the time. We did that intentionally so that we could allow people access that when, you know, people were being blocked from other high mint prices. I know throughout this space, we've seen everything from free mints to like three ETH mints. Um, there are projects that have made multi-millions on mint. Deadfellas did not. We made about 700000 which was again put straight back into dead fellas. It's 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 just um, I don't know. It's the conversation is so incredibly frustrating for so many reasons. Not just as a founder, but as a creator and as a collector and as a participant in the space. Um, yeah, I have a I have thank a lot you. To like say. I I because <laughs> neither do I, Betty. Because I kind of echo every sentiment and every word and every single syllable that you have said and it for me it makes absolutely no sense to essentially pull the rug out and i say that in the old sense um on of, of these of, of the revenue that people came into this space and realized that they could continue to be creative and build something amazing around and um and mech go for it yeah, I just want to add some context because you're saying it doesn't make any sense. I'm saying that a lot of people who make work are saying that. I've been saying this since I can remember. I actually shared the the death of OpenSea conversation that I had in January because today uh, we talked to Devin. He popped in the space I was in and, and we talked some, some... I just find it it's incredibly interesting to me and a little bit bewildering. Yeah. In January, I was very opposed to a centralized marketplace having so much ownership, had, uh, the community having so much reliance on it. And now they're somehow rising as the bastion of, and, and saviors of creative royalties, which makes no sense to me because 
it's it's only in their interest in that they've got to recapture the market. It's it, it has everything to do with business positioning and very little to do about people, right? And so I'm back at this conversation that I had in January, like why are we so reliant on marketplaces when we have enough technologists in this space to to solve these problems? Like I'm having so many conversations with people trying to understand exactly why we can't solve this on a, on a programmatic level, right? Because so I think, I feel like, I mean, I feel like, and you know this, and everyone knows this that's listening, that is um, building, sorry to use that word, in the space. Like, we have the skills, we have the resources, we have the brains, we have everything that we need. It's just about um, bringing ourselves together. So I'll openly say, like, I'm working on that. I'm working on bringing people together. Because everyone that's everyone that speaks to me or sends me a message or reacts to what I'm saying, um, you know, as, as founders, everyone is outraged because it shouldn't be that the movements of one marketplace impact what we're doing so much. That should not be the case. The reality, in my opinion, is that there are places for marketplaces like this um, in terms of in terms of access points for people that are, you know, I mean, people were originally using, especially OpenSea, um, when they were first minting, because it was easy, right? Like, it was easy. So we need to it make... It was the only solution, is what it was. Exactly. So it wasn't an alternative. Yeah. No, exactly. That's it. But we can create alternatives. And I've openly said that to them directly. Like, if this happens, I, I will... I will, and I know that other founders and other people in this space will focus on creating an alternative because it's not good enough for me. It's not good enough. I, I feel as well, like all of these massive movements, like people have said to me, well, you're okay. I know I'm okay. I know I'm okay. I've got other revenue streams. We've set dead fellas up. Well, I'm fine. That's not the point. The point is that people that are not me, that are not dead fellas, especially people that are marginalized and don't have as much access to tech and connections and revenue and all of that they're the ones that will disproportionately be affected by these decisions um again when we talk about um venture capital i i I don't see anything wrong with raising um funds for a project or for a business or anything like that i think it's beneficial in so many ways it comes with a lot of a lot of things that you will need in terms of resources connections it's not for everyone but I don't think it's negative. Don't think I don't think that at all. But having said that, if you make it so that existing collections do not have access to secondary or to royalties or to anything else, where do those people go? Right, venture capital. Who has access to those resources statistically? It's literally more than ninety-five percent men. So ninety-eight point seven percent. Exactly. That white is an insane, an, an, a white men, an insane statistic, an insane statistic, but real. And so it's why would we continue down a path that is a direct reflection of the bullshit imbalances that we see in the real world? What the hell are we doing here? Why am I dedicating my time to this? I can't stand for this. This is not why I'm here. And so that's why I literally haven't slept in like three days and I'm just like furiously tweeting and emailing and calling people and on the phone and because I can't, I can't rest and let this happen to people. It's just not. And like Mech was saying, the, the way it's being positioned, in my opinion, is intentionally misleading so that people see this as a positive positive. 
Whereas actually, in my opinion, again, it is just a centralization tool that is in response to the market to protect um, their bottom line, which I understand they're a business, but at the end of the day, that's not why the majority of creators that helped fund that platform even participated in the space, right? Yeah, and I think the the one thing I'd add to that is that, I, and I have said this consistently, those marketplaces don't sell anything. They do not have any product. We bring the product to the marketplace. We should be dictating how that product gets sold, period. If we don't like what's happening, we should be able to move to another system and hopefully one that we've built and have ownership in and say, okay, here's how this is going to work. Because if it, if it doesn't work across the board, what's the point? Like if it only works for a few, it's not working, period. I think also the way that it's been presented, especially in the the tweets and just the the strategy of having, oh, we've got this tool, it's amazing, it's going out in December, we don't know what's happening with existing collections, but like, and letting us draw our own conclusion to that while having no concrete answers is very, um, I mean, it doesn't scream like multi-billion dollar company to me. It's disappointing. It's also, it feels kind of like how when I'm like, to my kids, hey, like I want them to eat vegetables, but I give them a choice between two vegetables to make it feel like they're having a, a say in the decision. Like, do you want broccoli or carrots? Not, do you want broccoli? Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like that. Um, it's manipulative in my opinion. Um, I will disclaim, I'll throw disclaimers in there to protect myself. A lot of people say to me as well, and and this is something that people have said to me from the beginning of Dead Fellas, but um. Why, why be so vocal when you have a brand and a project? Doesn't it put you at risk? Yeah, probably. But if I don't, then I, I'm here for nothing. I, I don't believe that I would ever spend my time doing anything that has no impact or is just for financial personal gain or like, it's, it's not in my interest. It's not why I'm here. So that I'm always going to be like that. And at the end of the day, I didn't ask for my uh, platform. I didn't, I haven't begged for followers or anything like that, but I have, I do have a platform and I do have a say and I do have a voice. And so I see it as an opportunity for other people to, um, utilize that to get points across, you know? And so that's why I'll ask people questions on tweets and like everyone will respond and like OpenSea will read that. Like that's, it's valuable anyway. Thank you. I, I want to say one thing here. Um, Go, Go for it. You have girls. This is, I, I thought about this earlier today. It, it, I often have this conversation where like, I, you know, there are men who have daughters and then they have these realizations where they're like, you know, I got to build a better world for the, the girls because, you know, because now they have context. But it's like being a woman and also having girls is, it's, I, I can't imagine because I'm, I'm upset and I don't have any girls. <laughs> like, I, I don't have yeah. any kids. I'm upset just for myself. And you have to be upset for you. And then the world that you have impact on. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. I can't imagine the level of frustration because it is just insanity. It literally is trying to do the same exact thing that we've been doing and expecting a different result. And it's like, no, 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 no. And I think the more power I get in this space, the louder I get and the more upset I get because it, it will push. There's a lot of people pushing in a direction that makes zero sense for the the mm. end goal, you know. But and it's, it's why. I, I just I I you know I I feel for you. I'm like I know what my mental health looks like. I just like think about everybody's 
particular point of view of it. And I'm just like, I don't know what that's like, but that this, whatever's happening right now is trash in my opinion. And, and, I, and there are a lot of things that happen in the world that I'm not on board with, but I have so much capacity to, to push change here that like, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. But it's also why I came up here and said what I had to say for Betty, because I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not going to, like, this is like, Betty, this is like, how many times has Betty, like, legit stood up and done things and has received threats and DMs? I'm, like, seeing people who get threats. And I'm not saying, like, everyone should get threats or whatever. But Betty's been getting threats and stuff like that in the DMs. She's not new to this. She's true to this. So, like, sometimes I see people and they're like, oh, people are threatening me. I'm like, yo, you must not know about people out here who's been getting them since day motherfucking one when they just said, hey, you should respect women. Legit. Just, out, like, you know, and would do it constantly. And it's always just like, well, I have to do this because if I'm not, you know, I have a platform. I know what, it, I, can, what I can do. So, like, even with this open sea issue and stuff like that, like, of course, it would be Betty. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> to be like, hey, I'm doing what I gotta do. I'm here for the good fight. And I know Betty's not the only one. There's so many others. But I, it's why I started with, the, like, you know, coming up here and saying, no, I, you know, and I know flowers, is like, everyone says that. But you definitely deserve them. And we don't give enough. And I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing. And Betty is definitely fighting. I did want to say um, a lot of times, too, when it came to, like, the bear market, everyone was saying, hey, a lot of these founders were not good with their money. They were too busy. They were too, you know, they were too, like, in the bull and whatever. And it's looking like these marketplaces also weren't good with their money as well. Um, because as we can see, uh, like how they're moving and like what they're doing, they don't really, they didn't know how to like encounter, like bring this in of like, oh, what, what was to happen if it was a bear, if this was to happen, if it, you know, and so we're seeing that and we're seeing that we are the ones who are being taken advantage of. Um, but yeah, I, I've been, you know, it's also getting to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of these platforms. I'm tired of fighting with platforms. I like, I, exactly. Babe. I didn't come here to fight with platforms. I came here to build and to, and to understand this new type of ecosystem that we're trying to make here and to honestly also culture that I feel like everyone's missing and if we had culture if people cared about it this wouldn't be conversations we wouldn't have be, be out here fighting for this but because there's some the, the, it's missing people are, are going straight to well, 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 like why, culture why why is it missing it's back well, to that because the the money that funds this space is given to 98.7% of white the culture is missing, yes. right? You cut out there a little bit, Mech, I think. I'm so oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying that the, the money that funds the space is going to... So, so okay, let me give you some quick stats. In 2020, $120 billion in venture capital was raised. It doubled in 2021. 330-ish billion dollars was raised in venture capital in 2021. 98.7% of that went to white men. That's in the U.S., we're looking, we're coming up on 500 billion this year in Q3 of this year, right? Just numbers, crunch based numbers, you can go Google this for yourself. $190 billion in Q3 of this year was raised. That's more than $50 billion than the entirety of 2020, right? Those statistics of who that money is being deployed to is just about the same. So, so we're going to look at the end of this year and say $500 billion in venture capital was raised in the U.S., and 99% of that went to white men. I refuse to go into 2023 knowing that I haven't gotten a mega fund to not even move that needle, but to be able to have more impact in this space. Because it can't just be 
me and the other marginalized people coming into the space and, and getting a million here and there. Adam Newman, former founder of, of WeWork, lost $11 billion and was given a $350 million check. The largest check A16Z has ever written to a single founder in a single round. The way money is, is just poured into the hands of, of cis heteronormative white men in this country is insane. And that's why this space is devo devoid of culture is because the people yeah. who are being funded, the people who are building quicker, the, the people who are rising to the top aren't coming from any true substance. They're coming from business. They're coming from how do we make more money? And they're basically circumventing all of the ways that people would bring culture into the space. It's why OpenSea doesn't care about creators because it wasn't built with creators in mind. It was built with business first. And if we I think do when that, we, we're gonna we're gonna have the same thing. Yeah, and I think that when we we talk about these things, it's really easy um, to listen to this as a person that's, that's listening to these things being said. I know everyone here, you know, you're all absorbing this, and maybe it's shocking, and maybe it's not. Maybe you already know about this, but it, it's easy to distance yourself from that and to sit outside of that and view it as uh, something that's not your responsibility to participate in or what kind of impact could I personally have on that anyway? Like, that's terrible, but like, what do I do? So what I would say is that everything from every, every large thing that happens, every big, big, big thing starts at the smallest ripple and it's always through personal, um, personal actions, right? So like, look within yourself, how do you perpetuate what's going on here personally because it's always like you always have to undo I do this myself like how am I allowing this to continue personally what actions do I take right now that allow this to happen what can I do to challenge it personally maybe not like you personally say like one of the one of you in here is not going to be able to change the fact that billions of dollars don't go to equitable sources like that's not something that you can personally do but what can you do you have a voice. Everyone has a voice. You have money that you spend in certain places. You have, you know, conversations with family and friends. And you there are there are so many different things that you can focus on that will have a ripple effect up to the top. Um, and so I would encourage everyone, because especially with this open sea issue with like royalties and stuff, it's easy to be like, well, Betty's Betty's talking about it, so that's fine. It's it is fine, but it, it needs to be everyone. And that's the same like what Mech was saying about um, with marginalized people speaking for themselves, I can't personally work my way out of a sexist system without the people that are perpetuating that system helping. I can't like I need I need men to help and to and to talk and to do things because it's them that are benefiting from the system that is actively holding women down, and that's across all intersectional spaces like. It's, you know, white women helping black women it's, and talking for black women. And that's that's what it means. It means what privilege do you hold? How can you use that privilege to actively, um, I guess, dismantle the systems that are in place that are helping all of this go on? Um, we're seeing this. We're seeing this across the board with so many things right now. Um, obviously, the royalties issue is the most um, prevalent in everyone's minds because it's like the the thing that we're all talking about right now and it's gonna it's gonna happen it looks like I'm not sure what that means because again the communication is unclear so I'm I'm personally looking forward to seeing like what 
actual concrete points they bring, uh, what solutions are put forward, or whether that's expected to come from the community. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it sure is a <laughs> it sure is a conversation. Then thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's another one, and and then I was going to drop in blue check on Twitter, but do you know what? I don't think I've got the energy. I don't have the time, my friend. <laughs> I don't have the time, and I don't have the energy. Your girl needs a coffee. I. <laughs> yeah. No. Listen, uh, uh, Betty. If it's okay, like maybe in like I don't know, like four or five months or something, when when you have a, your next iteration of things going on, like I'd love to have you come back, and we can do this all again. I, I, I'm certain we could talk forever. I've uh, DM'd Ed in the meantime and asked him to come up. Mech, I'd love it if you could follow me. I'd love to feature you on an episode of the show as well. Um, these are the conversations that we're really, really desperate to have. And um, and so to have so many of you come up at once and contribute, honestly, it's been absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, I actually needed to go about 15 minutes ago, um, but I wouldn't ever stop it. But I <laughs> I am going to pull it short now. Um, and you'll all think I'm crazy because I've got so many um, cool people up on stage. But there no, you I are. That's life. I need to go as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I just want to say, Betty, I am so grateful for you coming up. Um, I'm so grateful for your honesty as ever. You are a fierce defender of the Web3 space. And that is why I wanted you here. Um, Dead Fellas aside, like, which is also an amazing project. So thank you, thank you for your honesty and your time. Um, and to everybody else who came up, uh, Ed, Bex, Nikita, Clemente, Mech. Um, Mech, absolutely amazing to speak with you. I've been a fan for a long time. Um, Zerk, Tom, Patrick, thank you all so much for coming up. I'm just going to, I'm going to pull it down there and say thank you all and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. GM to you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, guys.